Hello, Revelers. So, today is a very exciting day. I am releasing my first duo of guests, Abe and Elaine Romero, and there is no higher compliment that I could give them in this episode and their podcast called Love is in the Air than to quote the one of the best movies of all time, Princess Bride. And in Princess Bride, the quote goes, Death cannot stop true love. It can only delay it a little. And so for this episode, I named it Distance Cannot Stop True Love. It can only delay it a little. Again, it is the highest compliment that I can give these two wonderful people who are on the vanguard of figuring out how to make relationships work no matter where you live. So I hope that you get a lot out of this, you learn a lot, you have some fun and laughs, and then after you're done listening to this episode, that you'll check out their podcast, Love is in the Air. Hello and welcome to Revel Revel. Today, for the first time ever, I have two guests. I have Elaine and Abe Romero. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being yes, here. Yes, thank you for having us. We're the, we're the first two guests. That's exciting. I know. I mean, I've done like 30 episodes now, but always one person at a time. That's awesome. You get two for one with us. <laughs> Woo! So we're going to start with Elaine because we always start off with how I know the person. And sometimes I haven't, but in this case, we do. We know each other from Mount Carmel. That's right. Boo. Shut up, Powell. <laughs> so are you, <laughs> are you class of 88, right? I'm 89, actually. 89. Okay. Did we have Spanish together? Is that how we I know each other? Don't, I, I don't know. You know, it's funny because I actually listened to your episode with Vanessa and I was in theater too at Mount Carmel. So maybe it was from, through theater. Wow. Okay. Or maybe we just, we were both fabulous and we just knew each other. Well, maybe that's why that's a given. (laughs) Okay. So Abe, you went to Poway High. I did not know that. I know nothing about you except that you're married to Elaine and I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, which we'll get to, but (laughs) yeah. So uh, tell me about you and just you, Abe. Well, I think that the thing that stands about about my, my greatest memory, probably when I was younger is when I scored two touchdowns in the 1989 football game against the Mount Carmel Sun Devils, and we beat you guys 24 to 23. It's probably my best memory growing up. You do know a a lot of her listeners are Sun Devils. I cannot believe that. Yeah, that's why. Oh, oh no. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So A, if that happened, it doesn't matter because it was after I was gone. So I don't care. That's true. True, true. (laughs) But B, did that really happen? That really happened. (laughs) So you played football for Poway. I did. I did. And it was a lot of fun in the Mount Carmel Poway time uh, uh, rivalry was awesome. But yeah, you know what? I, I always thought when they added uh, RB, and then I think there's another school Westview involved now in that Westview. It's not as cool Mm-mm. Mm-mm. as when we had it, you know, because I grew up too. My brother played, older brother played uh, high school football, and and he graduated in '83, and so I grew up with that, you know, rivalry. that rivalry. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so he was 83. What year did you graduate? 89. 89? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're the same age. Alrighty. And I actually, just to have a little Poway bonding moment, I'm not all anti-Poway. <laughs> I actually moved to Poway senior year. Oh, But wow. I, t- I told my parents, hell no, I'm not switching to Poway High <laughs> senior smart, year. Very smart. I mean, who would do that? And so we had a check to make sure I could still go to Mount Carmel mm-hmm. from Poway. So I actually spent many years in Poway. Let's start <laughs> with how you two... Matt and this this whirlwind romance. Okay, this is good. Well, I feel like we can go a lot deeper than we normally do in this. So go ahead and tell the entire story. So actually, let me me preface this. The deeper, the better, because Mm -hmm. it's all about the little details. Like when my husband and I tell our story, it's all about how we weren't supposed to be there right. and all of the these serendipity. little nuances. Mm-hmm. So the revel, revel, which way. is interesting because we have quite okay. a few of those, right? Abe, like, okay. So mm-hmm. we actually, Lauren, do you want me to start, Abe? Go ahead, Abe. Okay. So we start, we actually have known each other since we were about five or six years old. 
So we, I grew up in Westwood and, uh, you know, Rancho Bernardo, he grew up in Poway, but we both went to Rancho Bernardo Presbyterian church. And the funny thing is, so, so Abram Merrill is just a kid I've always known, you know what I mean? But back in that day, he was kind of a kid that you avoided, you know, like he was rolling, rolling around on the dirt, you, you know, you played dodgeball and he was the kid that would peg you with the ball. And like, I don't remember like disliking you. I didn't dislike you, but I just, you were just kind of like an icky boy to me. Now, okay, let's still see. There's parts of that that's still true today. He's still an icky boy sometimes, Lauren. I think I just, I think I just wasn't, it is funny. We've talked about it a lot. We just, I don't have a whole lot of memories of like either way, just knowing him and knowing he was just the guy rolling around in the dirt. You know what I mean? Wow. At that age. And then, so as we got older and we kind of had a mutual friend, so his kind of like best friend, Steve Phillips was also a friend of mine. And so just kind of knew him from around, but he went to different, all different schools, all different elementary, junior high. He went to Twin Peaks and then he went to Poway. So knew of him. Or I remember even seeing him at a couple things being like, oh, it's Abe Romero, you know, but like, I didn't like know him that well. It was more just like a guy I knew. Yeah. And on my side too, I mean, I knew, I think of her, but I was too busy, you know, trying to throw balls at people and, you know, <laughs> my own enjoyment of making people fall down and all that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> I still love that. We're really painting you out to be a really great guy. People are like, people are like, wow, she uh, she married well. <laughs> well, it's it's it was all boy stuff, and you know, yeah. you're into you know, and it's showing off, and you know, it would do whatever you can to do that. So, so that was kind of the first chapter of how we kind of knew each other, and then the older we got, there was you know, she went to different school, I went to different school. And I think there were some activities we maybe ran into each other uh, every now and then at. The church, but when high school came around, it, then it was a major. I, I don't think I, I, we never ran into each other. So that's the other kind of interesting part is that with all the parties and all the similar places that everyone would go, even, even in 19th Street, I guess it's 18th Street for Mount Carmel and Del Mar, 19th Street for Poway. And of all the times, I mean, she's very outgoing and social. I was very outgoing and social. We never bumped into each other. And yeah, never. we can look back. There's a couple parties. He was like, oh, I remember this 4th of July party at the beach at 19th Street in Del Mar. And there was these crazy girls that had these like silly rafts out on the beach. And I was like, uh, that was my friends and me. And I was able nice. to like show him a picture. And and then we have this other, we were, we had another event where I was performing at North County Fair Mall, you know, with the cheer squad. It was a competition against the Poway cheerleaders and he was like, I was at that. And he remembered that we went back, Lauren, and found a picture. I'll have to send it to you where he's like standing, like literally right behind me. Wow. Yeah. And you had no idea. No idea. Yeah. I mean, like, and if I had seen him, it. and if I had seen him, I probably would have known him. Now, flash forward to college. After college, I graduated, came back to San Diego. So I went to University of Arizona for my undergraduate and came back to San Diego. I got my master's out here or in San Diego. And I started working at, it was called Family Fitness back then. Now it's 24-hour fitness. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was teaching aerobics there. I was an aerobics instructor, which is super embarrassing, but I was. And <laughs> I came down the stairs and this guy that we both mutually know, Jeff, he was like, hey, uh, we just hired a guy named Abram Merrill. Do you know him from Poway High? And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally know Abram Merrill. So I walked up to him and I'm like, hey, Abe. And so that was probably what, the year, summer of like 93 yeah, maybe. And so what she's leaving out in that is that, remember, we haven't seen each other in a long time. So I had no idea what she, you know, blossomed into. And so when you she came You remember me up, as a 10-year-old, you know? Yeah. And so when mm -hmm. she came by and said, hi, Abe. One, she's wearing a leotard from teaching aerobics and has this little thong in the back. And <laughs> it, But she's got this, you know, sweet, cute way about her. But my mouth, like, basically fell open. And I was like, uh, hi. And I was like, oh my God, I that's how, Elaine. I hate and, how he always brings that in, Lauren, because that because yeah. that sounds so weird now. It's an that, indelible mark on my in mind. the 90s. It was like that look, you know, that kind of leg warmers look, you know what I mean? So uh -huh. I, I wasn't walking I around wearing a thong. It was 
Well, I saw you at a restaurant a couple days later in this exact same. I was not. Shut up. Be quiet. Be quiet. So I see her and immediately my interest is piqued. And and so I, you know, make some attempts at trying to get to know her a little bit more. I make some feeble attempts at calling her and asking her about corporate policy. So when did we get paid? I don't know. You know, kind of thing. I remember that. And But she was always like, oh, yeah, it's only on uh, every other week. So, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. It was never reciprocated. Yeah. I felt like I'm trying. But, but I actually in- was, though, a little bit intrigued. I But I was talking to, this is where it kind of gets a little serendipity. So we, not only were we working at the, the gym, we also both were helping at the youth ministry at our church, but back at that same church, Ranger Bernardo yeah. Press. So we were working with like high schoolers. You were working with the junior high and I was working with the high schoolers. So... I did know that Abe was kind of interested. And I have to tell you, Lauren, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. You know, good old Abe Romero. I was attracted too. However, I was also at that time talking to who is now my ex-husband. And I have this memory of the two of them. We were sitting in the youth room and they started, they were both kind of talking to me and I could tell they're both interested. And it was a very testosterone-y moment where they were throwing this football back and forth harder and harder. I think they were trying to impress me. And at the time, now I look back and I go, oh my gosh, how immature and ridiculous. But at the time I was kind of like, oh wow, this is, this is crazy. This is something you see in movies, right? And mm-hmm. you guys were both trying to vie for my attention. And so you should have looked back and said, wow, Abe's throwing the ball a lot harder. And is able <laughs> to catch the ball so much easier than my ex-husband, you know, it's a bad decision all the way around. But to me, what's so what the serendipity piece of it is that I look back on it and think the fact that I feel like it was kind of a God thing. Like it was like I was about to embark on this journey with my ex-husband. And yet here was this other person that I also was like, huh, that he's interesting to me. And I feel like God was like, just don't forget this guy. You know what I mean? Mm. Because, you know, years later, went through kind of a real tough divorce. And then we ended up being divorced at the same time and reconnecting. So. Okay. So you both have been married before. Mm -hmm. Both. Did you find each other again while you were going through your divorce or after? After. It, It was after, although we were like typical people that both like knew each other on Facebook, but we didn't talk. You know, it was just like, I remember watching his wife his ex-wife and children from afar, you know, and would like occasional pictures. I remember thinking, I honestly, Abe, remember thinking like, oh my God, look how cute he is with his family. That's so sweet. I'm so happy for him. And I think you also saw me and my ex-husband and also you had known we were dating and things like that. Well, yeah. And I think part of it too was, you know, when we finally reconnected, it was through a mutual friend that I was talking to. Oh yeah. Matt Hayes, you know, Matt. I used to know Matt Hayes. Yeah. I mean, not well, but yeah. So no. I, so we're on, so flash forward and this is years and 20 something years later, cause I was married for 21 years. And sadly that marriage ended because of pretty deep betrayal. And so I was in a dark place, but I, I, I really had rose up and I was feeling a lot better and more confident and my divorce was over and final and all that. And I was like, I'm not even going to date. Like I didn't even want to tip my, toe back into that. It was super scary to me. And I was talking to Matt. He had said like, man, I heard what happened. I'm so sorry. And he goes, you know, what's so funny. I'm actually talking to April Merrill right now. And, and Matt also had gone to that same church as us and done all that youth stuff with us. And I was like, oh yeah, Abe, I should, I should reconnect with him. So I, I think that day like friended you on Facebook again, because mm-hmm. I had had an old profile went totally off of it because I had a mutual profile with my ex-husband went off of it and then restarted again. Right. Right. At first too, you know, what Elaine went through. And then I think I ended up seeing a post she made kind of giving the whole kind of summary of what happened, not, not in detail, but like betrayal happened and they were, she was divorced. And I was like, what? I had no idea. Yeah. Can I say something about that too? It wasn't like, I I, I think what had happened for me, Lauren, is, and and other divorced people might understand this, is that 
you know, I'd had this profile with my ex-husband and, you know, then went off Facebook for a long period of time, came back on. And so a lot of people saw the difference. Like, why is she now completely alone in pictures? Like there's no husband there anymore. So my close friends knew, but a lot of my non-close friends didn't know. So I was getting questions probably every other day, which is very Mm. difficult. It's very difficult to have people going, what happened? Are you not married? And so I had uh, kind of a mentor of mine say, you know, you might want to just make a post saying, I kept it kind of light, like, hey, Nancy Drews. Yes, I'm divorced. Yes, I'm okay. You know, went through something pretty tough, but I'm rebuilding and just thanks for all your support. So that way I didn't get all the looky-loo questions just like all the time, Yeah. you know? Oh yeah, it's the worst. It was really rough. So at what point did you become a therapist, especially, Hmm. you know, marriage family therapist? Was it before, during, or after this marriage, the first marriage? Right. So that summer that Abe and I, it's funny because that summer that Abe and I had reconnected at Family Fitness and the youth group and where I had talked to my ex-husband that same summer, I just graduated from my undergraduate and decided to take a year off just to kind of catch my breath. And that's why I actually was working at the church. I was trying to get some experience doing some youth mentoring. And then I ended up going to graduate school that next year. So I took one year off. So I actually have been a therapist since like age 24. (laughs) I was young. So I went right to college, took a year off. Then I went to USD for my master's. And then I, I was rolling and I was a therapist and I was young married too. I got married really young to my first husband. So Abe. Yes. What was it like deciding to jump into a relationship with a person who was a therapist and also (laughs) a marriage family kind of a therapist who I'm sure must've made it more interesting, shall we say, than a normal second relationship. He's a brave man. (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, that part never really entered it. Entered into oh, it, you know. Okay. I well, it did in a certain degree because I am a marketing professional. I've been doing it for a very long time, <clears throat> and at the time, it was the summer of summer fall of uh, what 2016, mm-hmm. and I was looking to start like a side business. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to reach out to some friends. I was just getting into the. I'd already been doing social media marketing as part of what I normally do, but into the the more in-depth aspects of it and how you can really take advantage of it and start generating customers because that's always been the challenge. And I thought, I'm going to reach out to some of my friends on Facebook and see if they can, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll do it for free. You know, you pay for a hundred bucks, we'll test it out and see if we can make this thing work. Part of it was, you know, trying to get, you know, experience, like I'm going to try this new stuff to see how effective it can be. And then I started looking at- And I at, had just started my new practice. Yeah. And so I was looking at friends and thinking who- would be a good candidate for this. And I had some people in mind right off the bat and one Brad Bender who has his own photography studio and company. And, uh, and then another friend, Lisa Palmer, who was a therapist as well. And then Elaine. So I sent three messages out and there was a part of me. I knew it was, I, I, I when she finally friend requested me and I, I accepted and then I, she looked gorgeous and I'm like, Oh my God, she's beautiful. So there was, I think, a little bit of an ulterior motive, but in my (laughs) mind, when I reached out, I thought there's no chance in hell that anything would ever happen. I live in Texas. She lives in California. You know, nothing would ever happen in a million years anyway. So there was that aspect of, I'm going to reach out to her and say, hey, I have this business side, but I'm trying to do this thing. And of course, I had a couple of beers and said, you're gorgeous. And uh, I said, so sorry to hear about your divorce. I'm divorced too. And that was my message I sent to her. But, and then I went into the marketing piece of how I could help the thing. But of course, I'm completely unprofessional. <laughs> but, but I let the, you know, the beer do the talking a little bit. And then once I sent it, I went and promptly hid in the closet. Like, what did I just do? <laughs> so, which is funny, Lauren, because it flash forward to me. I'm literally, I had this man ask me out on a date, nice guy, but just like not right for me. And I was even telling my friends, like, oh, I don't know. And they were like, just go. You need to practice. Even if you don't think this is someone for you, you need to get used to like actually going on dates. I'm like, fine. So I went and it was, and he was very pleasant, very nice person. But I get this, you know, on 
Facebook, when you do get a private message, it's just like a portion that shows up. So all mm -hmm. I see is you're gorgeous. Sorry about your divorce. I'm divorced too. And I <laughs> literally had a physical response, like kind of like, like, oh, like falling out of my chair kind of thing. Like I'm like, April Mero is divorced, like jackpot, right? Wow. So I'm like, and the, the person I was on the date with literally said to me, but is everything okay? And I was like, I mean, I was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, my, uh, my daughter texted and, you know, and I was like, check please. <laughs> like, like, I need to know. I want to go home and read this and answer this. So it was definitely like a, cause I had, when we had, when we had reconnected on Facebook, Abe still had pictures, even though he was already divorced, he still had pictures on his, like not on his profile picture, but you know, when you click through and you look through there, when you basically, when you stalk somebody, uh, <laughs> yeah, he still had pictures of his ex-wife. So I, I didn't know he was divorced. So, so in my defense though, I, 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 I got <laughs> changed my one profile picture. I thought that's all you need to do. I didn't realize it went back in time forever. And now, yeah, he, didn't, you know. he didn't understand the extent that women do when they check out someone's profile. Right. Oh, he's just not a stalker by nature. <laughs> sounds like. Okay. Okay. So you start dating far apart, mm -hmm. yeah. San Diego to what part of Texas again? Uh, Fort Worth area. Fort Worth. Okay. So you've never lived together. No, not in the sense, uh, traditional sense of we've had we spent a good amount of time together especially with the pandemic having we've had you know months together and nice. and that's been great but but not in the traditional sense so one of the things though i think that we've have both brought up and discussed is that we've both done it before we've been in marriages before for years so it's not like mm -hmm. if when that finally happens we'll go what do we do you know what i mean mm -hmm. it'll be something that we'll fall into and i think that we have such a good relationship and friendship that of course, will there be things that, that Elaine does that bug me all the time, but I know that. Right. <laughs> I, right. it, I mean, come on, dude, I just met you and you're bugging me. No. <laughs> right. So there's. Shall, there's shall I tell the Titan story again? No. So there, <laughs> oh no, but you can tell other things. Yeah. There's definitely challenges in being in a relationship with distance, but there'd be challenges if we were living, you know, if we, mm -hmm. you know, there's, cha there's challenges yeah. with blended families, no matter what. Right. Right. So yeah, when we first started dating, it was, it was kind of a whirlwind. It was just like fun and yay, we're getting to know each other. But once we realized, oh gosh, we really care about each other and we know we're meant to be together. It was the, the, the questions did come up, like, how will we make this happen? How do you date someone? Because his children needed access to their mother. Mm -hmm. My children needed access to their father. We both went through divorces that were, we just didn't want to put our kids through more, you know what I mean? Plus there's laws. I can't, we can't just move. You can't just like move a minor into another state. So, right. and he didn't want to move away from his boys. I didn't want to move away from my kids. So we just kind of said, well, you know, we're going to have to be the ones that sacrifice and make this happen. Then I don't even remember, Abe, do you remember who it was? Somebody said something to one of us like, oh, you're in a, you'd be in a commuter marriage if you got married. And I was like, huh? And so I started looking into it, realizing this is a real thing that millions of people are doing for different reasons. So commuter marriage is a very, it's a bit, it's a lifestyle. And so is long distance relationships that are happening more and more in this world because of our mobility uh, that we have with technology. Right. Okay. So how long have you been married? Two and a half years now? Two and a half years. And then we were dating two years. So yeah, four so. and a half years. We have four and a half years. We've done distance for four and a half years. We have four and a half to go. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the plan when when all the kids have graduated from high school? What's the plan? I'm moving back to California. Of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I miss it. And, you know, I'm a California kid anyway. So, yeah, I miss it. My twin boys were born in California. And so they're excited about, you know, potentially being done with high school and maybe going to college in California. And so I think we're all on board. You know, and, and the thing is, Lauren, in the beginning, we weren't quite sure our plan. And that was what was tricky is people would go, well, what's the plan? How are you going to make this work? And we were like, we don't even totally know. We, we considered maybe once my youngest got off to college that maybe I'd move there for a period of time. But then there came the question, what about my practice? And what about all my friends mm -hmm. and family? And what about, and what we found is that we were able to get into this great rhythm. We were able to make it work in a way 
that worked for us that once my youngest even is off to college, we realized let's keep doing what we're doing, but now we can lengthen the amount of time I'm there. So, cause I can leave my kiddos now, you know what I mean? They're college mm-hmm. kids. So like, I even just mm-hmm. told my son, Hey, my next trip out to Texas, I'm going to be there for a full two weeks. And he's like, sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he was supposed to be in a dorm this year. Um, but mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, so he was supposed to be gone this year. So yeah, so what's kind of exciting is even though we still have a few years to go, we're kind of in the upswing because now we used to see each other only for long weekends, but now we try to fly back and forth every two to three weeks. And now I can stay for a good long time because I can take all my clients online right now. Right, exactly. So when you you know, kind of sat down and said, how do we make this mm-hmm. work? Did you have a little voice in the back of your head as the marriage therapist saying, I don't know, like, <laughs> like, like I would counsel my, my clients against this or were you like all in? Hmm. Did I have an, I don't know. I don't think I ever would have, I didn't have the voice of like, I would counsel people against this. I was just more, I think I'm a very structured person. I like a plan. I set goals and I achieve my goals. Like I'm very kind of regimented that way. And what I didn't like about it is this was more, it was more up in the air. It was out of the box. It was a little open-ended. It it was more just anxious for me because that's Mm -hmm. not how I operated. Now, Abe is more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind Mm -hmm. of guy. And you can see it mm -hmm. totally. (laughs) And so he was kind of like, we'll make it work. Like we can do this. And then my daughter even was the one that was kind of like, you know, mom, you've, you, you do, you live in the box a little bit and it's time for you. You've been through, we've all been through some tough things. And I really think that you should take this jump and just try something that you don't know exactly how it's going to work out. And so it was, my daughter was one of the ones that really gave me some words that helped me say, you know what? She's right. I'm, I'm ready for some new adventures. I'm ready for some living outside of the box kind of, it's interesting because it is going through what I went through with my divorce it broke me down to a place where I had to rebuild in a new way. And the new way is much more deep, much more raw. And I see that difference in my work with my clients. I see that difference in the choices I make in my life. And it's been hard, but it's also been super exciting. You know what I mean? I think I do know what you mean, but deeper and more raw. Can you elaborate on that? Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, I think what I mean about that is when I sit, like in my work, when I sit with people and I see, you know, I kind of grew up, you know, Rancho Mirado kid, great parents, fantastic life, fantastic childhood. And I never had been through that kind of devastation, that kind of trauma. And so I live with the aftermath of betrayal trauma, which is difficult. It, it affects me sometimes. And I can reach my clients at a deeper level now because I understand pain and I understand trauma at a completely different level than I used to. And so I think that's what I mean about, and not just with my clients, with my friends and with people, you know, like I can, I can meet people at a different level because I've been there. If that makes sense. I totally get it. Almost to the point that I wonder how you did it before. I know. know, Right. I think I I think as before I, I, you know, I definitely have a warm side and I definitely wanted to hear people's stories. And I was, an, I was a, a good listener and I was good at bringing in the research and showing people to help. But yeah, I feel like I can be a better therapist now that I've been through what I've been through. Heck yeah, it has to help. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any prior Rebel Rebel episodes, but pretty much every single person has brought up past yeah. trauma. I listened to Vanessa's and I listened a little bit to Mr. Pachilio's because I was a Pachilio kid. And um, yeah. he's, of course, like one of my favorite teachers. And Pachilio talks about trauma a little bit with having to help the kids, you know, but as everyone tells their story, I mean, we've got physical abuse, people, you know, being totally marginalized um, at school because of their learning disability or whatever, and just a lot of family problems and a lot of moving like everyone had moved a lot. And so just real you know, issue after issue, you sound like the only person from our whole 
school area that didn't have a traumatic childhood. <laughs> no, I had a really great childhood. I mean, Abe had some more tough things. I mean, I had some hard things. My parents are still married. They've been married, I don't know, 50 something years. And they, they were young, 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 young parents. Like, you know, my parents were like 20, 22 and they had me and they were like beach kids, mountain kids. We went, I, I did backpacking at age five, Lauren. Like that was what I grew up in the mountains and on the beach. That was pretty much my life as a little kid. Yeah. It was a fantastic childhood, you know, super loved, but my parents were passionate people who struggled with their marriage. I, I, there wasn't domestic violence, but a lot of yelling and screaming and things like that at times. I have a little bit, a little bit of teeny bit of trauma from that too, but partly why I think I became a therapist because my ther- my parents went to therapy. Like they got into marriage counseling and they learned tools and they learned skills. And then that was very modeled for me that like you work on your relationship, you commit to it, you go to therapy. And so of course I grew up saying, I want to be a therapist. You know what I mean? Because I had seen the, the beauty that it brought to my parents' marriage. Well, that's good. I mean, you knew it worked and you wanted right. to do something right. that you believed right. in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what about you, Abe? What did, what was your background like and what was your whole, why did you get divorced? Well, I think the pieces of it for my past relationship was more about a disconnection. For me, it became about, I, I didn't care necessarily, uh, but my parents were divorced when I was three. So I didn't really grow up with the dad in the house or anything like that. And I, and I think I pushed a lot of that down in terms of, because I, I had a great childhood too. I had uh, older brothers and older sister and, and my mom was fantastic and they made it great. But there was always that thing that was missing. Like, you know, I see my friends with their dads and they seem to have great dads. And luckily I was around friends that had good dads. And, you know, I, and in a way, I guess I almost took some of their fathers as, you know, a little bit of my own. And, mm-hmm. and, and I missed that. And so I made a commitment. Like if I ever, I get married, I'm never going to get, I never want to put my kids through that. And I think at the end of the day, what ended up happening is that my ex who also came from a divorced family decided without trying to be too harsh, <laughs> decided to not honor that. Mm-hmm. And even though, cause I, I think in any marriage, uh, aside from, you know, physical abuse or mental abuse or anything like that, or addiction in some way, that you can make it work if you try. And at the very least, you should try to make it work for the sake of your kids, mm-hmm. at least to the point where they're older and they can fend on for their, on their own and, and you don't have to be there. So, so that was kind of what happened. And I was a little bit, I was a little bit blindsided by it. I mean, it, of course, things weren't great, but they were salvageable in my mind and especially for the sake of the kids. And the, and the other person decided, no, nope, I'm done. I want out. And I couldn't believe it. It was more like, why would you do this to them? I could see you doing it to me, but why would you do it to them? You know, and so and so that mm-hmm. was the hard part for us. And, and so that kind of ties back into the whole idea of, you know, we referenced before that there were moments in high school where we are, you know, walking on the same roads, swimming in the same waters, and almost there bumping into each other. And so many times we can't even count. But looking back on it, we do feel like there was a, a hand in it that was saying, not yet. If it's not yet, there's something you're going to need each other later. And it's not time for you guys yet. And so when we did finally meet, it was really just this amazing connection. And I, I say this, you know, all the time, I would have fallen in love with Elaine and been connected to her if we didn't have any of the history, any of the commonality in, in terms of where we grew up and the people we knew. It was more about just how we connected, but those other things bring that extra layer. That's great about it. Yeah. A depth of flavor. And sometimes not so good because (laughs) there'll be things that like, you like that guy. He was a jerk. (laughs) We have a couple people where I'm like, you dated her. Yeah. But, um, but there was a feeling of, I think both Abe and I, came to the table pretty um, shooken in terms of safety, you know, like me for betrayal and him for, you know, he had past stuff with his dad leaving and then like his ex-wife just saying, I don't want to work it out at all. And so we both come to the table with like looking for security in a dating pool of a bunch of 40 year olds and it's scary. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when you're talking Mm -hmm. to somebody who really 
You know, like the first thing I remember our first conversation that we talked on the phone, we flirted back and forth a little bit online. And then when we first talked on the phone, he was talking to me about marketing stuff. And then there was this moment in the conversation where you said, okay, enough about marketing. So tell me what happened. And it was like mm. therapist himself, you know, and I just was like, well, this happened, that happened. And so he just kind of came in at this place of my life and was so acknowledging. And so, and there was a lot of components that I don't really want to go on to on this because of my children, it's their father. There's a lot of very difficult right. components that was going on with that, that Abe just kind of swooped in and said, I will be that secure base for you, which mm. when it comes to safety in a romantic relationship or in a marriage, that is so pivotal to anyone. You know, and it was like we right. had that from the very get go. And that was exciting. And I think just the childhood and the Rancho Bernardo and Poway and that added to that foundation because, you know, when you're a kid that grows up in Poway or Rancho Bernardo, and I mean, it was just a great place to grow up as a kid, you know? Yes, for sure. So you have said you've bonded over different things. So what else besides your background in San Diego did you bond over? Oh, well, I think, and again, without going into past relationships, <laughs> there's almost like a, things that may have been lacking in past relationships and things like that. And, and now you've are able to explore these new areas that are just amazing. And mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things, usually you make a, a checklist of all the things you're kind of mm. looking for in a person. Now you don't necessarily write it yeah. down, but I want someone funny. I want someone who likes to dance. I want someone who uh, loves to go out and likes to go to concerts. I want somebody who is intelligent and thoughtful. I can have a good conversation. I want someone who can, no, 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 not right. And, <laughs> you had a long list. Well, but, but it's usually <laughs> one of those boxes isn't checked. Yeah. Well, they're funny, but right. they're not, you know, we can't really talk about politics because they're not interested in it and it's kind of boring for them. So we don't really go there. But Elaine checks all the boxes and then then some. And so mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, this we connect on so many different levels. We enjoy so many of the same things. We both get each other's sense of humor. We make each other laugh all the time. And then we, you know, are very supportive with each other and, and lift each other up when we're feeling down. And it's just so many other, it's family's big. And she is so sweet to my kids and they, they see her as a, a second mother and they love her to death. And so there's so many connections, uh, you name it. And it's just, it, she fulfills it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For me, it was funny when I went through my own kind of, you know, you, you do after you go through a divorce, especially in your forties, you kind of have to like be broken down to the core and then you rebuild. And I remember But what's exciting about that for any people who are, you know, going through a divorce, what's fantastic about that is you also get to kind of reinvent yourself a little bit. And so that was a fun Mm -hmm. experience that I really, really wanted to throw myself into. And I remember like making lists, of course, because I'm that way I make lists and things like that. And one of the things that is I, I wanted to live deeply and laugh deeply. You know, I, I was like, it's this, this life is too short. I've been through this horrible thing. And I just want to enjoy the rest of my life. And within the first few phone calls, Abe had me belly laughing. I had never had someone make me laugh so much. And I can honestly say he is the most fun person I've ever spent time with in my life. And that was (laughs) huge for me. You know what I mean? After being such devastation, not only did he check all those boxes for me, but I know that when I'm with Abe, I'm going to, no matter when we've been through some rough things, even since our marriage, you know, with the pandemic and just different things that <laughs> we won't get into with like exes, we've had difficult things. And there's, it's like, no matter what, I feel like I can go through those things with him because it's going to still be fun and we're still going to laugh and we're still going to cry. And he, he can get a, as much as he's, coming across in the beginning as some asshole football player. <laughs> Am I coming across that way? Well, no, I just meant that like your first thing, you know, you sounded like, you know, we beat Mount Carmel, you know, I'm like, Oh great. You sound like some jerk football player. 
there's definitely there's definitely this amazing soft side to him where he's you know can talk deeply and is caring and i've never met a man that could really talk to me at the level he talks so that's been awesome (laughs) okay so as you've been talking i've been thinking of a particular book that i read not too long ago i was late to the party but i decided to go back and read love warrior i don't know that book Oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, Glennon Doyle. Yeah, absolutely. Wrote read that book. Yeah, it's okay. her first book. It's basically. I love okay, so her. Abe, I'm going to give therapy okay. to the therapist <laughs> here. <laughs> so she talks about growing up with this very uh, real sense of she has to be perfect. Right. And she tries to control herself through bulimia and then through drinking and then through kind of controlling and then losing control of her marriage and trying to make it like the perfect Christian marriage. And then she finds out that she, you know what? No, I've I've read, uh, she talks about that in, in, in the other book. Yeah. She's weird to Abby Wambach. And I considered that uh, being a lesbian. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I love that. <laughs> You're like, what? Um, yeah. No, but what I loved about her book that I read on Tamed is that analogy of her being that caged cheetah, you know? And I yeah. do think that I resonated with that when I read that book of that sense of like, yeah, kind of wanting to be in that, that cage. And I probably put myself in that cage because I never, my parents never really did. And nobody else ever really put me in that. But well, no, she, she says from the beginning that she doesn't really ever think that her parents did. It was just the world. It's the culture and trying to kind of, yeah, Yeah. fit a certain mold. And yeah, yeah, I think, I think, and that was one of the things that my kind of daughter was saying too, like, Hey mom, you need to let go a little bit, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So Untamed is great for that rebuilding yourself part and then the love warriors to really, check it out yeah it's you know it starts off with as she's at that cusp yeah. but as and she far had betrayal as the, in her first marriage too mm-hmm. she has betrayal for sure and and how she and her ex get along so well now mm-hmm. and even in at the end of love i think that you'll you'll get a lot out of it as you guys were starting to rebuild yourselves and build this relationship, did you have any books that you read together, but, you know, separately and then talk about? Oh, that face, <laughs> you get to go first on that one. Well, now here's the part that you asked about the therapist. And so <laughs> Elaine is very resourceful in finding books that can help with whatever, whether it's marriage or, or distance or whatever it is. And so I have been given several books. <laughs> that's why we're laughing because <laughs> my nightstand always has a stack of books and you know it was funny because funny story about that is that I had after my after everything I went through I had these books on like surviving betrayal trauma and like the divorced woman and rebuilding <laughs> and ins- insecurity to know more like I had all these books right and I remember my parents came one night to stay with my kids. I had to go somewhere for something. They came. I said, just sleep in my room. And I had to go out of town or something for a night. This is way before I was talking to Abe. And I came home and my dad grabbed me and he goes, I just want to hug you because I saw the books <laughs> on your nightstand. Aww. And Aww. I was like, oh, dad. but what was interesting is those books turned over to blended families and commuter marriages and, you know, all these, like, it, it was just such a neat. And I remember I took a screenshot. I realized one day when I looked at all the like changes of those books and I sent it to my dad and he literally was like, that just puts me into tears. Cause I'm so excited to see the change oh. of books on the nightstand. Yeah. I think the only books I bought during yeah, that yeah. time were how to make beer, different beer recipes. <laughs> that was my therapy. Yeah. I'll make some beer. <laughs> you know how men work they do something better they process something better emotionally when they're doing something yeah. physically we all know yeah, this yeah. so yeah but so elaine you didn't have like okay abe you have to read this oh, we have yes, to talk of about course. this oh, okay, like what <laughs> give me a few well i'm a huge in my practice, I have a lot of training in the Gottman method. And so the Gottmans have their book, The Seven Principles for Making a Marriage Work. I don't know if you've ever heard anything about it. No. But Mm -mm. what's great, and I talk about them a lot in the podcast too. So the Gottmans actually have a lab up in Seattle where they have thriving couples come and stay and couples on their way to divorce. 
And they actually have a research team that have been able to watch hours and hours of these videos of couples just having a normal weekend. And then they can Mm -hmm. pinpoint the finite differences between them. And so their book, The Seven Mm -hmm. Principles, is all about that thriving connected couples tend to have these seven principles. So of course, when we were dating and we discussed that book at length, you know what I mean? And so that's a, that's a big one for us. And I, even in that helped me even dating because he he has his checkbox of like, Mm -hmm. so I have my checkbox, not only of like funny, someone I'm attracted to someone that enjoys hiking, but then I also have my whole box of the seven principles of marriage (laughs) from the Dominant Institute, (laughs) you know? That's a tough list to get through. I know. So it's pretty good that you made the cut, right? (laughs) So yeah. So things like that, poor Abe, probably I I can't, I don't even, there's been a list of books I've wanted him to read. So we definitely (laughs) (laughs) just don't know which ones he read. All of them. Right. (laughs) I've read all of them twice. (laughs) Which one book actually helped you the most? You think Abe? Seven principles was the one because we kind of did that together and yeah. And I think it's, you know, I, fortunately for Elaine and I, we both are really good communicators and we can discuss things, talk them through. And I think for marriages that are having problems is that when the communication stops, that's where they're really in trouble. And yeah. so um, yeah. we're always, even if we're upset or mad or whatever, we always find a way to communicate. And I think it's important not just to be able to communicate, but to listen and to hear the other person mm-hmm. and then to and at that point, you know, there's always the give and take and you find that middle ground and compromise. And as long as you're able, in my opinion, anyway, to own where you're falling short and acknowledge it, then that's that's the first step into making progress and, and, and making a relationship better. Because if you can't do that, then there's no way to even find a way to move forward, right? So if you didn't just say, I, I agree, I was too abrupt or sorry, it came across that way or I sounded came across angry. If you aren't able to acknowledge that piece of it, that's where I think a lot of couples fail. So we don't have a problem with that. What's funny though, is like where we run into trouble. So I don't know if you remember the other book by Stan Tatkin, honey, it's called Wired for Love. That's that one that's about the couple bubble, you know? Uh So that's more of an attachment book. Lauren, I don't know if you've read anything on like attachment theory, but based on kind of your childhood or past romantic relationships you have other emotional injuries it can impact your your comfort like we all have a desire for intimacy and connection but we all based on experiences in our life have a certain level of comfort with that right and i think mm-hmm. that abe and i both we both definitely have what you would call a secure attachment but we both a little bit lean to the side of anxious attachment a little bit him based on people leaving him me based on someone betraying me. And, and Stan Hatkin's book and Wired for Love goes a lot about into how every marriage needs to have that cocoon or that couple bubble where you know that place of safety. And we've had some bumps in the road of like how to find that place for us because, you know, I do have that underlying fear that someone's going to betray me again. And he does have that underlying fear that someone could just walk out on him. And so what's so funny about it is in our arguments, Lauren, sometimes my trauma triggers his trauma, which triggers my trauma, which triggers his trauma, <laughs> you know? So we'll go through. I, I think that sounds normal. Though, yeah. Right? So it's like, I'll, yeah. I'll get to the point where like, oh, I'm afraid you're going to cheat on me. And then he's like, oh my gosh, are you leaving me? You know? And then I'm like, you know, so it's like this crazy roller coaster that we go through. But I think now. I feel like we have it. We know what each other needs in those moments. I mean, not perfectly. We're not perfect at it, but we're we're getting better and better and better at knowing how to secure each other in those moments. And I think the important part of that piece is too, that again, knowing where you're falling short and saying, I, I agree. Like for me, I get defensive. So if there's an issue that Elaine has with me, I go into, well, that's not what I meant. Let me tell you why that's, you shouldn't feel that way because I didn't mean that at all. And, and they explain to you why you shouldn't feel that way, because that's not what I was thinking. That's not, and her, and that's for her horrible. She, you know, she needs me to say, oh, I understand how you feel. I would feel that way too. I'm so sorry you feel that I way. Need acknowledgement what can first. I do to make you, you know, and I go into, no, that's bullshit. I didn't mean it that way. And I'll tell you, you know, if I would have meant it that way, then I can see why you're, 
Yeah, well, that, that's why I'd see you being upset. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. I, but I didn't mean it that way. And and so that it's that back right. and forth, and it's a challenge. But now we're to the point of like, okay, I know that what I'm saying is not the right thing to say. And I'll be able to bring up my right. point later, but not in this moment because it's not. He has, Abe has joked that he's going to get a tattoo on his wrist that says empathy first yeah. because he knows that that's what his wife needs. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. I don't think he really would. He's just joking. Go, what is I supposed to do? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? Empathize. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So let's get into your awesome podcast. First of all, Love is in the Air, best title (laughs) ever. And I've never talked to other podcasters. So I want to hear the whole development where you guys decided that you might be interested in it and the evolution of the concept and making it real, the whole whole gamut there. I feel like we've kind of talked about it for years because we, one of the things that we found in our relationship is we do when we're together, we get so lost in one another and we're laughing and just having a good time that it's before, this is before the pandemic, when we would be out, we love to go out, we go dancing a lot. Like that's our thing. We like to go to crowded bars, like jazz lounges and go dancing. And like, we're all about the crowds and the bands and the, you know, loud music. And so this has been a tough COVID has been like tough for us to just be at home more often. But what we often would get was people would stop us, you know, and we had young people, old people that would just stop us and be like, you guys are fun to watch just because either we would really get into dancing or like we would be just laughing. And I think people could see the connection. And then on top of that, because we're very open about the fact that we're in a commuter marriage and we talk about it on our social media, we had several people come to us and say, you know, I'm trying a long distance relationship now because I see it work with you guys. And I told the guy I'm dating that we could make this work because I know a couple who's married doing it. And we were like, really? I mean, there must have been what, three or four people that said that to us that they were trying out. a Yeah. And, And that's what's been really cool. And on top of that, too. I think that with Elaine's practice and, and my marketing background and everything else, and Elaine's one of those types that's a business owner, very you know, ambitious, wants to do more. And I think that's fantastic. And it's all around the idea of helping people and being able to share kind of what's worked for us. And and we both come from a background of, you know, I was, she's a public speaker. I've been doing public speaking and it just kind of made sense that we should do this. And we've talked it's different ways, like an ebook here or a webinar there. And then uh, Elaine was, you know, pushing podcasts for a long time. And then she's actually the one that came up with the name Love is in the Air. Then we put this thing together and, it, and it's just been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And what's been really interesting for me, Lauren, is we had no idea the response we would get because there's actually this whole community out there of commuter marriages, long distance relationships, and it's worldwide. And what I realized is in doing this, when people would start to kind of reach out to us, I needed it too. Like I needed to be able to talk to other couples and wives, you know, that were also going through that same kind of distance. And so I think we did the podcast partly because we thought, oh, wow, our relationship is inspiring some people. I'm reading the literature going, there's 4 million Americans in commuter marriages. There's 7.5 million people in long distance relationships in America alone, triple that when you talk worldwide. And so we realized this is a specific niche that there's a lot of people out there needing support. And we're kind of older than a lot of them because a lot of the people in long distance relationships are in their twenties and thirties. So I kind of joke, we're kind of like the mom and dad of this group, right? Cause we get a lot of, like, I actually have a lot of young people that will like reach out to me and ask for advice or what have you. And so we like it because we're having fun. We end up making it a date. We, we usually do our podcast when I'm in California and he's in Texas and then we make it a date. Right. We have fun. If you've heard our podcast, it is very silly. We joke around a lot, but I bring in the research too. Yeah. It's so funny because I could tell that Elaine has like the list of things that she wants to <laughs> talk about and the statistics mm-hmm. and the ideas and the tips and everything. And Abe's like, uh, I just showed up. <laughs> I'm there for the fart jokes. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly how it yeah. works. And we actually tried it once where I more went over the, I would go over, okay, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And it wasn't as good. It's better if I don't give mm-hmm. him, like, I just say, here's the main topic. Be careful when we talk about this on this. And then I just let him go. And then he comes in with the most <laughs> ridiculous things, but that's what makes it fun. And- <laughs> <laughs> So uh, how long ago did you start the podcast? November. Uh, November. So it's been, we're new, brand new. So that's why we would love to have your advice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, uh, of course I will answer any questions. I'm not sure what advice I can give, but I will tell you this, that it didn't sound like you had just started and were figuring it out. So I guess my big question (laughs) is, is how has your relationship changed since before you started doing the podcast to now? Ah, interesting. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's changed. There's a lot more work for me to do. I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> oh heck yeah. No, El- Elaine, I love you, but I do all my own editing. And so, no, I understand. No, I understand. but that's, that's so. <laughs> Elaine is really the workhorse behind the whole thing in terms of how much she dedicates time to getting Instagram followers and, and reaching out to other podcasters and, yeah. and, and trying to get us, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. more connections and build relationships. So I admit. And I'm too busy doing the editing to do that for me too. Yeah, I'm outlining our podcast. Yeah. So that's why he, but, but the editing part, you, but maybe that's good for me to hear because you're right. Oh my God. It's but so in hard. terms of that question, how has it changed your relationship? I mean, I, I actually think, Abe, for me, like it's become a fun date, Mm -hmm. which is huge for us. Because one of the things, Lauren, that we have to do in our relationship is we have to be able to, in order to make a long distance relationship work, we do have all of our fun that we do when we're together. Okay. And we have those common interests that going dancing and having a lot of fun and hiking and things like that. But when we're apart, we have to really invest in our like online dates. And we do a lot of creative dates and this has now become one of them. So that's been actually really exciting. It's this like project that we're doing. We don't usually spend time with this when we're together, we do it when we're apart. And so it gives us a a place to put our time when we're apart, which is very important when you're in a dis, you know, you have to invest in your life outside of each other too. And so it's Mm kind of neat. I, I feel like it's bonded us even more, Abe. And sometimes as I'm going back and listening things and getting ready for the next one, it makes me really feel close to you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, and I love hearing us laugh and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is fun. Just the experience of it is fun. And and also, yeah. and, and I think you're right in terms of being in a long distance, you know, relationship, community marriage, to work for a common goal on something together, like a project like this, it, it allows mm-hmm. that even more connection. It's one more thread mm-hmm. of connection, which is becomes incredibly important because, you know, like for someone, like, for, like, like think of yourself. You'll, you'll go out about your day and do your things, but at the end of your night, you might eat dinner with your husband or you might go to bed or you might connect. We don't have that when we're not together. So we have to be more intentional and conscientious of how we do connect throughout the day. And we're missing components of it. Like one of the things that I revel in when I go to Texas or he comes here, when we have nights where we just sit and don't even talk and we're in the same room, that is like some of the most beautiful thing for me because we don't really get that in our marriage when we're apart, right? It has to always be like talking or something like that. So it's nice to yeah. just be together in the same common space. You you come to appreciate these things in your marriage that you would have never appreciated before. Right, because you take it for granted if you see the same person every day and all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you do get together, how do you try to make it as good as it can be, but not in this fake idealized, it has to be perfect Mm -hmm. sense. Like, oh, if we don't have a good weekend together and we won't see each other for a week or a month or whatever, and that you put a whole bunch of stress and pressure Mm -hmm. on it. So I'm not, I am not saying. No, I know what you mean though. And I do feel, do you want me to go? Did you want to say something? I want to just talk about that a little bit because I I feel like we've, we've kind of run the gambit of, We've evolved. Yeah, and, and in the beginning, yeah, it was it was doing planning to go to restaurants, going out to clubs, like Belly Up Tavern to watch a band or had these things planned to do it. And I think, but it never felt like too much. It was always really fun. And if we ever uh, switch plans or not go someplace, that never ruined anything. We were still together. 
but that never put a damper on anything. Yeah, it, I think partly because you're not together, then even if you're doing the most mundane of things together, mm-hmm. to us, it's the most exciting thing in the world. Yeah. And it's also, you know, we've had the opportunity, you know, if anything is good come out of COVID, it's the, that we've happened able to stay with each other for an extended period of time. So I don't think we've ever been that type. When we were first dating, because we both had children that were minors, we had to do like long weekends because the kids would be with their other parent. And I do mm-hmm. feel like there's a little more pressure on those weekends to like make it all fantastic. Plus we were at the beginning of a relationship. So we were all like excited and things like that. As we evolved into being a married couple, I think we actually almost like had to be conscientious about that. Like we need to just stay home and do what a normal couple would do. You know, we need yeah. to have those moments too. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, we've had more time together. And then also because of the fact that things opened up in my work, I can do online therapy. So that's, there's just been a lot of components that have made this new era for us really open up in a new way, which is, I I'm excited because I feel like we'd still have a few years to go, but it's almost like this whole new experience that we're going to get to like spend longer time together. Yeah, That is exciting. (laughs) One of the podcasts I listened to is called 10% happier. Mm. And I love how he ends the interview where he says, is there anything that I didn't ask or any place I didn't go in the conversation that uh, you want me to, that I should have? <laughs> and I have to figure out how to make that natural. Well, I mean, to me, the one thing that I just really feel like is big on my heart that I want to put out there is that especially in our age range and kind of that, you know, forties, fifties age range, people do sometimes go through a transition and go through a divorce. And we, I just want people to be more open to the idea that, you know, this can really open a lot of doors for you and widen your horizons in the sense that you don't have to just think about dating that person right in your town, that this can actually be Mm -hmm. a very beautiful lifestyle that I have to say I was a little resistant in the beginning to and scared of, but now that I'm in it, it's like, I'm loving it. And I know there's going to be years where I look back on this and go, Oh, I remember those years. And because we invested in it, because we were intentional, we've made it exciting and wonderful. And there'll be parts of this. I miss someday. Don't get me wrong. A lot of it sucks really badly. But Mm -hmm. so I think, To me, I just want to encourage any of your listeners to be open to this if there's somebody at a life stage who's going through divorce or dating or things like that. Yeah, and I will say, I'll kind of echo that because after Elaine and I reconnected and started to talk, within the first day or two, and and, and mind you, I'd been on Match.com and gone out on some dates and didn't really have the best experiences. And, you know, and and people think, oh, just go to a bar or go to the grocery store or do this or that. You'll meet somebody. It's not Mm -hmm. easy. It's not easy to meet somebody who's going to connect with you in a way that you're looking for. If you get lucky, fantastic. But you, it's something that, especially at this age, you got to kind of work for. You got to put yourself out there. You got to, you know, try to make something happen. It's emotionally exhausting. Yeah, but mm. so within the first like day, I was immediately like, you know, butterflies and like, oh my God, is this, what is, what's happening right now? And you know, a weekend there was I, no doubt I want to be with this person and and I, I will do whatever it takes. And so earlier we were talking about, oh, it was just whatever comes and goes. No, it, it was more of a feeling of uh, this is going to happen and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make it work. Now I'm not as organized as <laughs> Elaine, but I knew that, oh, we're going to see each other this month. I don't know when it's going to happen because- His I- confidence, yeah. And your confidence in that is what really helped me because- I was the like planner of going, how will this work and what will we do and how will we tell our family and how, how will this play out and what's the plan for, could we do that? Is it sustainable? All this stuff. And he is just like, we will make this happen. And it, it allowed me to rest a little bit and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And on, on top of that too, what you were saying before is there's no substitute for, I would rather be long distance and be madly in love then just kind of be, I kind of like her. She's okay. She lives down the street and it's, it's all right. We have fun. I'd much rather have the distance and be madly in love any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's smart. Very smart. 
I like that philosophy. So I just say, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's fun. I love your podcast. Thank you. I love yours too. I've enjoyed it because I know a lot of the people on it. So it's been fun to hear their stories. And yeah. there's some couple, I want to go back and hear Pam's and because I really like her a lot. And oh, I love Pam. Yeah. Yeah. You love Pam? You love Pam? He doesn't know her. He's just joking. <laughs> well, his life is not complete without knowing <laughs> yeah. Pam Martin. Honestly, she's one she's of the best people on the planet. She's actually super supportive oh, of us too, honey. She's always like... <laughs> I've done that several times during podcasts. I'll insult like our, the person we're talking about or the guest. And, and she'll go, stop. I'm what like, are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making jokes. That's hysterical. So before I go, I want to invite you both. So I know that you you typically go to San Diego or to Fort Worth, but if you Mm. ever want to meet in the middle, come to Colorado. What I tell people all the time is to plan out what shows you want to see at Red Rocks (gasps) and then build your travel around the show at Red Rocks. So please, please, please feel welcome to come out. And, and just vice say, versa, if you ever need a, you know, San Diego visit back. You oh, know? well, I, I need it every kind <laughs> <Right>. of week, <laughs> but I'm lucky if I get it once a year. But no, I'm serious. Like you can say, hey, I'm going to come to the show. You know, can I come stay with you? That would be totally awesome. Fun. Wouldn't that be That'd fun, be honey? Great. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you again for your time. Awesome. Well, thank you thank so much. Thank you so much for having yes. us. <laughs> thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Well, Revelers, thanks for checking in this week and listening to Elaine and Abe Romero. And obviously, we talked a lot about therapy. It is now the end of March 2021. And in some ways, we are way better off than we were last year. And in some ways, it's same old, same old shit, isn't it? So if you are feeling the same old, same old, or if you are feeling like that you could just benefit from talking to someone to help figure some stuff out, please check out my sponsor, betterhelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P.com. And they will match you up with your own personal therapist that you can video, you can text, you can email, you can have access to 24 hours a day and get the uh, the clarity that you need to get through this year, as well as to try to do what Elaine said, which is to benefit from therapy and to live and love and laugh so that you can embrace life. And no matter how old you are, no matter what you're doing in the state of your world, and to just seize the day. Carpe diem, revelers. Love y'all.